This is The Difference, a podcast for nonprofit fundraising in a for-profit world, presented by Convergent Nonprofit Solutions, a leader in nonprofit fundraising. Convergence professionals can help your nonprofit secure sustainable funding now and for the future. We're joined today by two of my Convergent colleagues, Senior Project Directors, Doug Croft and Dan Rogers. And Doug's been with our firm a few years and has 30 years of nonprofit management experience, including leading three chambers of commerce in North Carolina and Texas. And Doug also was a client of Convergence uh, during the Great Recession of 2008. Doug, I believe you exceeded your fundraising goal, didn't you? We did. I believe we went about 14% over. Dan Rogers is relatively new to Convergent. He's served as a CEO of two community-based nonprofits in the homeless mission sector and has led each of these organizations during times of economic distress locally and nationally. So there are two uh, individuals who are good picks for today's conversation to talk about what does it mean to uh, try to raise money in times of uncertainty, possibly facing a recession. Uh, we're in the midst of some inflation. Have you gentlemen ever heard of the term FUD, F-U-D? I don't think so. Well, FUD stands for fear, uh, uncertainty, and doubt. In a marketing campaign, it's used to try to essentially eviscerate your competition by planting fear, uncertainty, and doubt in the minds of the consumer about using your competitor's product. I don't see it that way in fundraising. What I do think, though, and we'll see if you all agree, is that fear, uncertainty, and doubt do enter into fundraising campaigns and can inhibit uh, their success. Can you give me some ideas and our listeners some ideas about how fear or uncertainty or doubt may have had an impact or could have an impact on a campaign? I think it certainly can. And without going into details of how, that seems kind of obvious, but I think the, the key to not is that is the leadership of the organization the right leadership can manage through those challenges. Dan, what do you have to add? Well, the good news is that each one of those uh, elements, fear, uncertainty, and doubt have a countermeasure. You can actually answer each one of them, right? So fear is easily answered, right? You just have to get after it, as Doug just said. Uncertainty is only measured by being certain about what's going on. And doubt Doubt can be dismissed with good, solid evidence and a great track record. Good news about FUD is that they're great, pretty great, tried and true countermeasures to the problem. Both of you are currently working for economic development or chamber of commerce organizations, clients of Convergent, as I am as well. I'm on the ground uh, doing a feasibility study for an economic development concern. So what are you hearing as you conduct your studies or your campaigns? What are investors or potential investors telling you? Uh, Dan, I'll let you take this first. It, we're really at a bit of an interesting apex, aren't we, in a lot of sectors in our country, and Spokane is no different. In a lot of ways, we do have, well, in every way, right? We've got a looming recession uh, that is fairly predictable and uh, a current inflation. Right. So we're paying higher gas prices, higher food 
prices, higher everything prices, but we're also in a fairly robust economy, right? So the investors that I'm talking to are mentioning inflation and mentioning perhaps an incoming recession, but because the dollar is still strong and their economy is still strong, it's a thought, but it's not yet a factor. Um, but I think that, um, take, you know, as, as a fund developer, keeping your eye on that, uh, cause it is trending, uh, it is going to be a real topic, uh, in the next year or less. And then to, uh, continue as we'll talk about in this podcast, uh, readiness, right? How do we approach it? Yeah, I agree with, with all of that. I am not hearing overwhelming concern more. Um, why I'm having trouble getting this product, why the price of this single product that relates to their unique business is, is up so high or, or something that's really affecting them directly, not the bigger picture. And I have a feeling, I don't have data to back this up. I have a feeling that we are all, all business leaders almost are, are have a little bit of worry fatigue. We started worrying in early 20 about the, um, COVID and, and while that's changed some, we're still worried about it and we're still facing challenges with it. I think we're all tired of worrying about it. So as Dan said, it, it may worsen, it may become more apparent that'll bring it maybe to the front burner. But You know, the interesting point that you're bringing up, Doug, just, just made me think that if that's true, and I think what you're saying is true, then all of us have been a bit weathered as well. So because we've come through two years of worry and uncertainty and concern, what we're now facing during maybe any other time would be a bit more alarming, but based on what we've all been facing, we're like, eh, what's the next, we see it almost as the next wave, uh, whether that's good or bad or not. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, the good news is we probably are can get to sleep a little quicker knowing that we've been through a lot here in the last couple of years. So how do you best prepare for uh, what's ahead? I think number one is this, like in every other situation or day, requires uh, a tightening down of messaging. What are, what are we offering uh, our community? What's the differentiation? What's the distinct difference, right? What will our campaign accomplish and how weather resistant is it? Uh, is our project. So I think number one is uh, it's a great opportunity to really tighten down the message of the campaign. Uh, what are we what are we after and what's the difference? Well, I was just thinking about other periods of our lives when we've had what what they used to call the cycles of of the economy and you know your investment advisor always said, just stay the course. don't do anything drastic and I almost think that fits here as well with your business plan or your not-for-profit businesses plan. And, and, and if you're thinking of campaign or in campaign, yes, we have to be flexible and nimble and able to adjust. You don't want to take a drastic action because that shows the weakness of leadership previously. You know, I think investor relations is, we always say it's critical, but it, it's, it's even more so critical at a time like this. Um, being mission-focused, um, maybe is is even more elevated, um, and you have to re, you know your mission is valid and it remains valid no matter what you're in, um, and so you have to tell your story. and And for some reason, in years of not for profit work, I 
I often see not-for-profits who are okay at, at communicating, but aren't great at it. And they don't strategically look at it. They think they, they think, oh, our folks know what a chamber of commerce does. Our volunteers know what we do in economic development or any other boys and girls club or the arts community. But I think in this time frame, not unlike all, but it, it's re, you need to reinforce your mission and tell your story. There, if there truly is a challenging economic period, they trust you. They need to trust and have faith that you're going to take your organization through that with still the mission in mind. Early in my career, I, I heard, you know, I learned in fundraising that, you know, they, a donor or an investor believes in the mission, they care about the mission, but they invest because they trust the leadership. And if they don't think you're going to manage those resources to deliver those outcomes, it doesn't, the rest of it doesn't matter. So it's up to you to right. communicate, tell that story and validate all of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think there's two, during this time, there's two levels of communication. One is internally, one is external. Uh, making sure that you're internally communicating to your key stakeholders within your organization, board chairs, board members, staff, key stakeholders. And as equally important, uh, make sure that you're communicating externally. How does the community know you're going to be okay. That's essentially what we all want to hear. We don't want to just hear, you know, the hyperbole, like we're going to be okay. Good, hard track record facts. Uh, this is how we're going to weather it. This is how we weathered it before. Most of us lived through 08. We understand, we understand what it takes to do that. And it gave us a great track record. So I think our partners want to know that. I'd like to know how my key partners and stakeholders uh, weather storms. I like to know that, like who's in the boat with me. And I, I don't need them like out of partnership if they don't do it well. I just need to know how well they do. Uh, because if they're lacking in a certain area, maybe, you know, organization analysis or readiness analysis, then that helps me understand how I can support them better in that process. So I think Doug's absolutely right. Communication internally and externally is really, really important in making sure that you've got your beyond talking points, your outcomes in a, in a really clear, concise way. Uh, we still see that uh, giving, I received an executive summary from the Giving USA 2022 report, although it didn't keep up with inflation, still there was $484.85 billion donated to charitable causes in the past uh, year, in 2021, despite all of these challenges. And we right. see that 67% of that comes from individuals, still the strongest group of givers. And corporate giving was a bright spot uh, because of increased pre-tax profits. So it seems to me that we're not in a doomsday scenario by any stretch of the imagination. Agree? Disagree? I 100% agree. And again, you know, go back to what Doug was saying earlier about leadership. Perspective at the leadership level matters the world. So if your perspective is that it's bad news, then that's how you're going to lead your organization. But you know, a, a wise mentor told me when I was young and just getting into this, into this field, he said, Dan, every depression makes millionaires. That's perspective. So, you know, you look at the numbers in terms of uh, giving and investment is uh, still high. Uh, it's going to continue to be high. 
The key is back to what we've been saying about where have you positioned yourself in the marketplace of communication? Are you really good at it? Are you clear at it? Uh, as has been said around our shop, Convergent, do you have asking rights? Uh, then I would say lean into that win really heavily because you're going to do well. I think that's a key point, asking rights, and you anticipated my next question. Asking rights has to do with what do investors fund? Do they fund outputs or outcomes? Well, we, we certainly know the easy answer on that, which is outcomes. We often talk about outputs because it's your daily routine of I did this, I called them, and I whatever. And and another reason this this answer relates to even your previous question of why now folks are continuing to give and invest, as particularly as it relates to economic development, investment has some longer term return on investment. Making an investment now, there is some expectation that there's going to be delivered measurable outcomes. You can't not invest. You can hunker down and hope for the best, but you're not going to go anywhere. What I find interesting and what I would like to ask you, Dan, is, and we have listeners that are in that service arena, working with children or animals, the homeless. How do you effectively communicate outcomes in that environment? You go back 10, 12 years ago, uh, the community the, the investor community or donor community or charitable or philanthropic community, they were okay without puts, right? They're like, oh, okay. But about 10 to 15 years ago, the wind began to dramatically shift to this conversation. It is about investment. It is about uh, the outcome uh, of a community. The reality is when about 10 years ago on a messaging level, in my last project, when I began turning that corner with my donors and started calling them and referring to them and treating them like investors, I did that, business did that, by uh, getting as far away from outputs as we could get and tying um, the homeless work and the impoverished work to economic development. That every life change wasn't an output, every life change was an opportunity for uh, economic development by strengthening the labor force. And you can make not just the social economic case with that, you can make the real return on investment uh, case for that. And uh, so it's, it's, it's been key to, it's been key, I think, for organizations. And by the way, I, I think in that world, the human services world, unfortunately, many nonprofit organizations are still very much trailing behind that trend. Even a few years ago, United Way, who kind of everybody's familiar with, on a national level, was beginning to instruct and coach their local United Ways to say, what what can you do with these dollars rather than just give it to that organization again and again and again and, and identify some community needs, maybe it's education, maybe it's poverty, or let's take a portion and actually direct it to changing our community on this identified need. I'm beginning to see over the last three or four years with larger corporate companies who either through their foundation or doing gifts and investments in different ways are almost taking that same strategy. We are gonna give to this concept. Yes, you can, all these charities can come to us, but we're, we're focused on this. It's a design plan that they want to 
affect change in the community. So in other words, you have to be effective in communicating your case to uh, get the attention and the buy-in from your funding source uh, if they're taking that approach of narrowing what they support. It's, it's what I'm hearing. I yes. agree. It's, it's, they are becoming very strategic themselves. This has been an uh, informative conversation. I'd, I'd like to leave it with what counsel you would give, and you maybe have already given it in some of our comments, but we have leadership uh, listening to our broadcast. What counsel would you give to uh, nonprofit leaders during these times? You know, in sailing, and actually Doug alluded to this a moment ago, in sailing, there are two great options when you are in the open waters and you face storm. And neither one is better than the other. It's all by way of analysis. And so the two great sailing options when a storm arises is batten down or hunker down. And they're vastly different things, but they're both great options. So if you look across your deck and across your shipmates and you don't have the skill set, you don't have the battens, you don't have the readiness, then your best sailing option is to hunker. Find the safest port that you can get to and get to it. So you, you outrun the storm and then you outride the storm. That's a great organizational option. If you can't continue sailing, if you cannot continue your current course, be brave enough and encouraged enough and honest enough. Trust me, everyone around you as a leader is going to love you to death because, if they, because they know, your team knows, they're not ready for a storm. Maybe you've just gone through a lot of transition. Maybe you've gone through new leadership changes. Maybe you've taken on a massive project you may not be ready to sail through the storm. So number one is, is assess your organization and be honest about the analysis and your force of readiness. And if uh, hunker down is your best option, then go. Hunker down, ride the storm out. The second one, of course, is uh, the bands, which is just a long strip of wood. And you just, you just nail everything down. And again, that's based on analysis. Is your team strong enough, ready enough? Do you have the right people on deck? Do you have sailing knowledge, using that metaphor? Have you weathered storms as a team before very effectively? Has a community applauded you for staying on course, even though you went through a storm? Then I would say batten down, stay on course, weather the storm. But the key to both options as a leader is knowing what and who you have on deck being really honest about that, doing a force of strength analysis, getting other people both inside and outside's input, and then make that decision as rapidly as possible. That's a fitting analogy, Dan, a good way to close this edition of The Difference. I'd like to thank Convergent Senior Project Directors Dan Rogers and Doug Croft for their insights today. Check our website, convergentnonprofit.com. A variety of resources are there. Click on the resources tab for a link to all of our podcasts and other helpful information. This is Jay Worth for The Difference. Thanks for listening.